I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, self-helpful listeners. In this episode, the big idea, the big takeaway, and the big action. This is part four of my series on boundaries. And this is my second series on boundaries in two years now because it's such a struggle for me. And according to the research, it is for you too. We don't do boundaries well because it rubs against our very desires to serve and put other people first which is great. I mean, it really is. And the culmination of this series and concept of boundaries is that your heart is in the right place, minus two, but our methodology is backwards and it's not serving us well, it's not serving others well. We're, we're doing it wrong. Good intent, glorious intent, but ineffective execution. So sit with me a moment while I discuss three aspects of what I see as the big idea, the big takeaway, and the big action regarding boundaries. Uh, and the, those big idea, big takeaway, big action, those are new titles and, that I'm going to be naming all my part four series uh, episodes in these series on. If I don't help you and me come to just that, a big idea, a big takeaway, and a big action, then I'm not doing my job for any of us. You can also watch any of these episodes, the full thing on YouTube. Just search for Self Helpful with Kevin Miller. All right, friends, this is the big idea, the big takeaway, and the big action on boundaries. And it really came down to three primary points for me. Number one, here's a story. I got a lot of kids. I want to be their hero, right? I want to truly serve them selflessly and valiantly. 
But here's a true story on how I went wrong with boundaries. I think it showcases it fairly well. Back in the early 2000s, I was still an elite cyclist. And I had three young kids, which was rare in the cycling world. But we traveled a lot, my wife and I did with the kids. We travel a lot, so we'd sleep in hotels and different places. And the first intent was to give the kids the best place to sleep, right? It didn't work well. What we found, it took us a while, but oh my gosh, we'd get up in the morning, they slept great, we didn't. Well, we're the ones taking care of them with our attitude, good or bad, our emotions, and even just our energy and exhaustion. Not to mention, you know, I'm racing, trying to win a buck to help feed the family, and I got, gave myself the, the worst sleep. Now, it doesn't mean that we then threw them out in the gutter, but it was like, oh my gosh, let's figure out sleeping arrangements and protect our sleep. Make sure that we're in a quiet place and we're not being disrupted by the kids. It makes me think of co-sleeping that some people do. And I'm not going to talk against that. There's pros and cons of that. But one of the issues is, are you sleeping well? It's having that kid seems nice and comforting, but are you getting poor sleep? I think about that with people, even married couples who are intent upon sleeping together, even though one of them snores and keeps the other awake. Is it really serving anybody and you're up the next day uh, and you're not, not rested well? It just was backwards math. And we realized, oh my gosh, we actually are better for the kids if we protect our sleep. And turns out they just sleep well about anywhere anyways, but we protect our sleep and then we can serve them well. We just had it backwards. Great intent. But bad execution. And we've all heard that about planes, right? If a plane's going down, you give yourself oxygen first so that you're able and can help others. If you, you know, can't breathe, you can't help anybody. We hear that it just does not resonate. It just doesn't. We've heard these, like a lot of self-help messages, it doesn't resonate. And ultimately, we can't do it unless we are aware of ourselves, aware of our own capacity. And what's so dangerous is a lot of us have just gotten used to running at half-mast in our lives in general and giving half-mast. We're giving out of less. You know, it's interesting. It reminds me of the old documentary, Supersize Me, where a guy lives on McDonald's every single day. And he does that really fast. He just tanks really bad. But then what's just as concerning, disconcerting is he kind of levels out. He kind of, after a while, his body kind of gets used to it. Your body's amazing at surviving. And it says, oh, hey, this is what we got. Better make the best of it. And so it kind of regulates him and he kind of gets better on it and kind of evens out at half mast, at lower capacity. And that's what a lot of us do. And we don't even know that we're running at lower capacity and we're giving out of a lower capacity. And it brings us into that aspect of self-care, which, man, I get that. There's a lot of people like me who hear that term of self-care and it feels selfish. And it's taken a lot for me to realize that that self-care is not a luxury. It's a necessity. If I want to be full, if I want to be happy at peace, fulfilled, and giving from that fullness. And for a lot of us who may never, I'm not going to say this necessarily for me, but a lot of people, uh, you've never experienced that. You've been giving and trying to serve others and ignoring yourself since you were a kid. You don't know what it's like. This is a different language. So here's my big idea. This is my big analogy. Literally, I love playing mind games with myself to help me better understand things, to take away the things that we have in us that discount things that, that help us not be able to really engage and digest something. So check this out. If you were offered $10 million, okay, $10 million to be at your best capacity, over the next two years, not at the end, but over the next two years, starting tomorrow, 
you be at your fullest capacity. I have a, a watch. I have a Garmin watch, which is best at tracking, you know, my runs and rides and stuff. So I'm not saying it's the best, but it also regulates my, uh, my, my body, my, um, you know, my measurements, my, uh, I can't think of the word at the moment, but it, it, it looks at my, at how I'm really doing. Okay. And it has a body battery. So I wake up in the morning and it says, Hey, you're at a hundred percent. You got great sleep. You're totally recovered from what you did the day before. And it, uh, a lot of times I'll wake up and it says 70%. Sometimes I'll wake up and it's at 40% or 30. I woke up and I'm already at only 30%. Okay. So this is saying somebody's going to be $10 million to say, Kevin, we want you to do whatever it takes so that you are at a hundred percent every day. You're going to have to get good sleep. You have to take care of yourself. You're going to have to have some margin in your life, yada, yada, whatever it is to be at your best capacity every day, as much as you can over the next two years. If you do that, if you you know achieve a certain level, 10 million bucks is given to you and you can take that and split it with your, let's say your family or your friends or those closest to you that you care about. You don't have the money now. You can't just take it and use it. You have nothing different. You wake up in the morning, it's the same thing. Now imagine all the people around you who are going to benefit from that. They were going to get some of that money. They knew about it. How would they orient their lives differently? to help protect you. And imagine waking up like that every day. You're a hundred percent, man. You've got a lot to give. You, you, you don't have to just take care of yourself. You got plenty to give. You can watch that thing go, man, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving at the end of the day, man, I'm, I'm at 50%. I still got half full. I can go to bed and I'm going to be at a hundred percent again. That's what our goal is here. Think about what that would be like for your family. At the end of two years, 10 million bucks, you get to give everybody some, it's a, it's a legacy tax-free change your life, change their lives. Imagine if that was real. That's a big idea. That's what life really is. You're giving them your best. Maybe it's not a million dollars. Maybe it is. Maybe it'll help you make money uh, or $10 million, but it will give you so much hope, joy, peace, patience, grace, tolerance, the fruits of the spirits. If you're you're, uh, familiar with the Bible, that you can give to others instead of what they may be getting now, which may not be bad, but it's probably not your best. Number two, most of today you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside and we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. 
Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Renee Marino, who is my co-host in episode three in this series, really helped bring this out of Terry Cole's message and help me see it better. Uh, and she pointed out that Terry said, unhealthy boundary patterns are rooted in a confusion about what's actually our responsibility. We've probably all heard about helicopter parents. We're in that phase of the culture right now where we take care of everything with our kids. We don't want them to feel pain. We don't want them to fail. We don't want them to suffer. We don't want them to have any hardship. We're afraid they're going to get depressed and and suicidal and you know whatever it is, but that's what we're doing and we're enabling our kids. We, I said we, me too. I have nine kids and I have not done everything perfect with all of them. I did so much for my family. I have done so much. I had a daughter one time say, daddy, I'm going to tell you about, you know, she was telling me about something that was wrong or something. She says, wait, wait, don't fix it. I don't want you to fix it because then I won't learn. God bless her for that maturity. Uh, and And I realized when I came to a breaking point of bitterness, the literal story, I remember it. I was on my property. I was taking care of a car or something like that. I won't go into all the details, but I realized I have a limit. I had the ability to keep trudging along in bitterness, but I had a limit, obviously, and I didn't like that. I wanted to be limitless. And I realized as I looked at that, I am continuing to realize how much I did that wasn't even asked for. I would just hear a hint, a whisper of a need and go do it. I wasn't doing it for them is what I finally figured out. I was doing it for me to feed my image of being the hero, of being Superman, of being God, of being the fixer. It was about me. I wanted them to look at me with awe and reverence. And it was about me feeding me. And I was doing it with a bitter heart and I was robbing them of learning. And so I stopped a lot. I had to be really aware of it and just stop. And I would hear this need, somebody talking about a car problem or a school problem or a, you know, whatever problem. And I would just stop. It felt so bad. I hear the problem. I'm a discerning, empathic person. I hear the problem. And to just not do anything felt so bad. 
And it took time to realize, oh my gosh, they didn't ask me to do anything about it. They weren't wanting me to do anything about it. They were just talking about a problem, maybe discussing it with a sibling or or my wife or a friend or whatever. And lo and behold, they would just go take care of it ultimately. And I first realized what wasted effort I was doing. I didn't need to. They could take care of it. And it kind of felt bad. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not so needed. Okay, that's the admission. It kind of felt bad. I wanted to be so needed and so vital. Like I'm doing God and everybody else a favor. And that was, again, for me. And it, it kind of felt bad. That's an admission. But I think some of you guys will relate. And then I also realized, oh my gosh, they're so capable of figuring stuff out. It was amazing. So that was my big, big lesson there. Now, some of you may look at that and go, yeah, I've got a kid and I'm trying to do that with, or you might try to, and you might realize they're whining or angry and telling you you're a negligent parent. I mean, I can't foresee what everybody will deal with in your own life when you start to have some boundaries and leave things for other people to do. But it really causes us to look at what is our responsibility? Is this best if I do it for this person, if I do this thing, or am I enabling them? Am I crippling them? Uh, It may feel bad in the moment, but long-term, it's a payoff for them and for you. And I've talked about this. You may have heard this on shows just to wrap up this point. I did it in my business with coaching clients. I had this organization called Free Agent Academy helping people pursue self-employment and they would join, pay a monthly membership fee. uh, And then I'd have personal coaching clients which pay thousands of dollars, whatever. I took so much responsibility for their outcomes, their feelings, everything, that I burnt myself out. Well, who, who did I help then? Nobody. And, and guess what? Literally, to this date, I have not coached many clients. I have not taken many consultation gigs. I have people who are interested and I just don't. And I could help a lot of people. I have a capacity just like you do in certain areas of helping people. Uh, and I don't do it a lot. I burnt myself out that I don't have a huge desire, even though I know I could help people for what a shame is that? Yeah. And I may offer some, sometimes at this point, I don't really necessarily need to, but, uh, that's a good lesson. Number three, boundaries start internally not externally. It was, uh, again, Renee Marino who started off our show together. And she said, gosh, you know, after listening to Terry Cole talk, she said, I realized I've always thought of boundaries as my boundaries to create for another person, right? Like there are so many, so here are my boundaries in my exterior relationships with you, but it's so much about the boundaries we create within ourselves. All right. I hear that. You hear that. I'm grappling with this one. This is a difficult one for me to understand. So I'm going to talk through it with you. I want to say, you know, Eureka, I've got it, but I don't. So I'm grappling. And uh, here, here's one thought. It's not the fullness of this concept, but one thought. I thought about food. I have food sensitivities, a handful of foods. Nightshades, which are peppers, potatoes, eggplants, tomatoes. Not an allergy, but my body just doesn't do well with it. I feel poorly. Corn and corn derivatives. Eggs. And then legumes, which are uh, beans, peas, and lentils. So let's imagine I go to dinner with you. You make dinner for me. And you make that stuff. Okay, we got, you know, potatoes, corn, eggs, and some beans. And I'm probably going to eat some. That would be my tendency. I'm going to eat some. 
But, uh, and let's imagine that the next day we're going on a road trip together. Just, just you and me, we got a long trip. We got a trade off on driving. We're going to be talking together. Okay. So, but I eat it because I want to be nice to you, right? I don't have a boundary to say no. So I'm going to be nice to you. I'm going to eat it. I want to, I want to love you. It sounds so good, right? Of course, you know, I'll suffer some, but I'm going to serve you. I don't want to diss your meal and stuff. That sounds good. The next day, what happens? Well, I slept really bad, spent half the night in the bathroom. I got intestinal pain, whatnot. So we get on the road trip together and I'm not feeling too chipper. I'm not feeling too hopeful and joyful and like having great conversation. My gut's hurt. We got to keep stopping to go to the bathroom constantly, really killing our time because I got to go to the bathroom. And uh, yeah, so I'm kind of groggy and then I fall asleep. You're wanting to have a conversation. You were looking to really connect and I'm asleep, man. I, it was a bad night's sleep. I can't even do my fair share of driving because I'm so sleepy and groggy or whatever. And I'm short with you. So did I serve you best by eating that food, trying to please you in the moment and not having my own boundary of going, gosh, you know, th- thank you so much. I'm so sorry. I feel so bad, but I just, it'll make me be so much worse for you tomorrow, the whole day. So I'm going to say, no, you may be disappointed for a moment, but you're going to be far more disappointed if we spend a whole day with me being cranky, sleepy, and in the bathroom. Okay. I really like that analogy for the overall aspect of boundaries, but thinking about internal boundaries, I still don't know if I'm really getting it with that one. So then I'm thinking about my own mindset and my emotions. Do I have boundaries on what I let myself dwell on, what I let myself worry about? what I let chew on my mind that takes me down. Another aspect of that too, with emotions that my own therapist would talk about is letting myself have some of those bad emotions, allow myself to feel bad. I haven't done that. Can I have a, I don't know how to put that into a boundary. It's it, but it's, a, it's like, a, maybe I put, I put being able to feel outside of my boundaries and said no to that. I need to let them in. And let myself be sad. I had a friend one time that said that. He said, man, I just, I realized that I need to let myself be sad. Let myself feel disappointed. Not let it consume me, overwhelm me, incapacitate me. But that's new for me. Um, And can I allow others to feel bad, you know, as well? Do I allow myself to harm myself? And I'm not talking about cutting or doing something terrible, but I mean, I, you know, I love to celebrate. I love good food and good drink and, and whatnot. And that's great, but maybe not every day. I can't stay up late every day and be well. I need an internal boundary that says, hey, go to sleep, Kevin. I need an internal boundary that says, man, I'd love to have cheesecake again, but I'm not going to sleep well. Um, I, I'd love to, you know, watch something crazy, a show or whatever, man, it's going to amp me up. I'm not going to sleep well, or it may cause me to worry or whatever. You, you have to judge it. I can't, this isn't across the board thing of what you should and shouldn't do, should and shouldn't eat, whatever. But what are you doing that you don't have a boundary with for yourself that is to your detriment? Do you care for yourself? Do you stand up for yourself? And this is all so personal, but what are your personal boundaries for you. And mine may be different than what you need. It's going to cause some journey to self-awareness that you may not have. Most of us don't have. So let me try to summarize some of this big idea and takeaway and action. Number one, I serve everyone better if I keep myself well. When I give out a bitterness or exhaustion or to feed my own self-image and my, my own self-image needs, it's not serving others best. 
I can give out some crumbs, but I want to give them a full meal. And to do so, I have to budget how much I give others with how much I give myself. And this is not so much, I thought it's not self-protection so much, but more about self-equipping, if you will, so that I can equip others. I serve them best by being at as full a capacity as possible. And there's always exceptions. There's going to be days. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. There's going to be a week. There's going to be a cycle where something happens, life happens, and you just got to do your best and trudge along and give some crumbs. And, and you know, God bless you for giving some crumbs instead of nothing. Okay. But that's not where we want to live. And that's where most of us just end up. And that's where we are the rest of our life, giving out what little crumbs we have for others because we haven't got much within us. We've got to take care of us to take care of others. You hear this. But you'll likely, a lot of you like me, have no idea what that looks and feels like. Go back to that analogy of being promised 10 million bucks if you take care of yourself for the next two years, be at your fullest capacity. You would have to make changes. And if everyone were on board, uh, they would be helping you. You may talk about this analogy. Take this to the dinner table and say, look, guys, I heard this dude. He had this idea, maybe crazy, but what do you think? If we were promised, you know, I was promised 10 million bucks I could split with you guys if I was at my fullest capacity, what would you say? I think you'd be surprised, likely, at what they would say. Yeah, you need to sleep better. You, you don't take care of yourself. You need to eat better. Maybe do take some time away. Maybe go on a vacation by yourself. Who knows what you would hear if you if you have caring people. Again, you gotta you gotta gauge that by the people around you. Um, interesting concept that I am probably gonna try myself. Big idea takeaway act in action number two uh, about what we take responsibility for when we overserve. I think we're just generally doing it for ourselves and that's a hard pill to swallow, but we need to look at that. When we are over-serving, it's probably not because of the needs. We're not probably a victim, but we're doing it to feed something in us and we're robbing other people of taking care of themselves and the fulfillment and pride that they will get, can get from that. And I would say to question yourself before you do for others, have you been asked? And even if you have been asked, is that something you should be responsible for or should that person, would you serve them best, even if it's hard, by saying that's something that they need to do for themselves? Is it helping them or enabling them? And doing that again, you may get kickback, you may get somebody irate with you, but you got to look at what the cost will be initially. And man, I'm saying this as one of the, I'm the most conflict averse person you'll ever hear, but it may cost initially, but I do realize it gives a better ROI, return on investment on the back end. And I've gotten to see this with my kids and I didn't get any harsh kickback from them. So I, I'm just saying that with compassion for those of you who may have harsh kickback. But my feeling is we've got to be aware and question ourselves before we do for others. We've got to be aware and question ourselves before we instinctively just start to do something 
for someone else. Check your heart, check your intent. Who are you doing it for? Is it really for them or is it for you? Will it serve the person best for you to do something for them or will it serve them best for them to do it? If you're doing it, how's your heart? Is your heart bitter? And if it's bitter, this is what I realize. If I'm doing it for, for somebody and my heart's bitter, I'm, I'm, it's kind of like I'm hurting them. They don't even know. They don't have the chance to say, oh, no, I'll take care of it. I'm hurting them in secret. They don't get a chance. So be aware and question before you do for others. Last one, big idea, takeaway, and action number three, those internal boundaries. If we don't have some personal internal boundaries between us and us, we're going to struggle to have any boundaries with others. But it takes knowing ourselves. Again, my downfall, we've just done a series on emotional intelligence. I am emotionally unintelligent on the scale. I'm low. Doesn't mean I don't have any, but I am just naturally low or learned low either way. I've done well in pushing myself and getting out performance, using myself like a tool. And I've lived like that, like I was a tool to be used to accomplish things. And that's what I was for myself and for others. And that was using myself. Listen to this. This is what I came to in in this pondering here. I was using myself, not knowing myself. How, how, imagine, imagine doing that to somebody else saying, no, 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 no. I have, I have a relationship with this person. I just use them. I don't know them. I just use them. It's terrible. Well, think about it for yourself. Do you just use yourself or do you know yourself? I have used myself. I have not known myself well. So I'm working on it. It's one of my primary drives to focus on my book, What Drives You. My drive has shifted to knowing myself so that I can know others and serve them better. So what fills you? What drains you? That is, I mean, gosh, to, to point out to my book, What Drives You, that's what it walks you through. Key areas of life. That's a big part of it. What fills you? What's really for you? And then what drains you? And it can be pretty convicting to go through that. You know, I, I, we did a series on being sensitive with Andre Solo. He has a book, uh, highly sensitive. Uh, I think it's called highly sensitive people, but, uh, about highly sensitive people and not everybody's highly sensitive, but we all have sensitivities. Do you know those and knowing those in my, and protecting to use that word, protecting myself of, of some of those things has helped me be a better person, uh, for everyone I want to serve. I've missed this so much. I've run myself ragged. I've gotten bitter. I've served from an empty cup. I've given crumbs. I don't want to do that. I want to give from a full cup. Don't use yourself. Know yourself. Know what makes you full and fill yourself. Don't get stuck there. Obviously, somebody's going to take this goal. Oh yeah, I know somebody who did that. They just got on the self-improvement stuff and taking and self-care and they just go and all they do is serve themselves. Well, that's a bummer. But I don't know if it's any worse than those who have done the opposite. Oh, all they do is pour out crumbs, bitterness, whatever. I, how about happy medium of, of a balance in there, filling ourselves up so we can pour out, filling ourselves up and pour, pouring ourselves out. Back to that aspect, I talked about the body battery. My, my desire would be to wake up at 100% every morning and then pour myself out to about 50% maybe on an average day. Sometimes maybe not even that, not a whole lot of demands, man, only 75%. I'm good. Go to sleep, back to a hundred. Then there's going to be the day and I'll play with the analogy. You know, maybe if I can do that enough, I build myself up to 125% math that work, but you get the idea. So that one day, the next or a certain day, something happens and it's a huge pouring out 
And oh my gosh, I go down, I go down to you know, 25%. But man, I had some, I had some reserves, you know, when I build up the reserves so that, and again, so I can then bounce back. All right. Well, here's to you and me doing the work to figure out what does fill us up. What is being at full capacity like? That may be a new thought, a new language, but we're doing it so that back to where we started, where we have been, we can serve others and serve them better. All right. Well, big thanks to our catalyst for this series, Terry Cole, and the message in her new book, Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live Free. Uh, you can get that book anywhere. You can find Terry at her popular podcast, The Terry Cole Show, T-E-R-R-I. Thanks to my episode three co-host and friend, Renee Marino, author of Becoming a Master Communicator. Well, here's to you and me learning little by little how to have healthy boundaries within ourselves and with others so that we can serve everyone better and truer. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 